Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a show about the Swift programming language and other Swift.org projects. My name is JP Samard. And I'm Jesse Squires. And today we're going to talk about a draft proposal from Doug Greger on opaque result types for public interfaces. Title proposal does not yet have a number assigned to it yet. There's a post in the uh, Swift forums that we'll link to in the notes, as well as the actual uh, draft proposal that Doug is keeping up to date. And the idea here, the basic premise of this proposal is having, providing some ability to hide concrete types from your public interface. So let's say you have currently you have a library, you have some framework that you're building, you have this public API, and from some function, you want to return a type, but you don't want the caller to know the concrete type. Let's say you just want to return a protocol from that. Currently, uh, in that exact way, this is not possible to do in Swift. You'd have to make this method generic and constrain it constrain the generic type to that protocol. And you'd basically end up exposing this, what you want to be an internal uh, type to your framework to um, clients. And so this proposal is trying to address that problem. Yeah, if you've ever grabbed the keys or values out of a Swift dictionary uh, and assigned that to variable, uh, you might've encountered one of these specialized types that Jesse was mentioning that um, kind of leak out of implementation details uh, because functions in Swift need to return concrete types. Uh, whether that function is declared as generic and it returns a type that's that's base that's specialized from that generic specialization at call site, you always know what you're receiving. Sometimes this type is type erased, like if you have a function that returns in any sequence, uh, but you're still dealing with something concrete there, right? Any sequence is a concrete type. Right. But uh, specifically, if you've ever grabbed the keys out of a dictionary, keys or values or iterated over them, uh, you may have found that the type is a lazy map collection. Well, what's that? Why is it not an array? Well, because these... Uh, are accessed lazily. Um, and for that to be encoded in the type, there needs to be this specialized type. Uh, so in this case, really what you're seeing is the result of this operation, this getter for a dictionary keys or values. Should you only really care that it behaves as a collection of that particular type? So you shouldn't care that it's, it's a lazy map collection. And really, for all of these specialized cases, the Swift library shouldn't have to expose one-off types like these. Um, and there's a discussion about adding more of these types for more of these specialized circumstances that don't expose any further uh, 
extension points or public APIs to the end user as something like a collection, but needs to be distinct because Swift requires these to be to be concrete types. And this is where this proposal comes in. Right. And you may be wondering, what's the difference between opaque result types versus generalized existentials? It is kind of, you know, we're on this path to continue building out the generic system in Swift, right? And like we, we're not yet to the point where we have generalized existential types, which would also solve this problem. So this seems like kind of a weird halfway point to me. Yeah. Um, so before we continue this conversation, Jesse, what are generalized existentials? Yeah, so generalized existentials would allow us to uh, just return a protocol here, right? So, for example, in the uh, lazy map collection case where you're grabbing keys out of a dictionary, instead of returning a lazy map collection, we could say return collection of U, where U is the element type or collection of element. Right. Right. And then this would we would be able to act on anything that implements that interface. Yeah. And we wouldn't need a concrete type at call site. Yeah. Which seems to be a lot closer to Rust's uh, uh, traits okay. concept. So again, kind of, I guess the question is, why are opaque result types distinct or separate from generalized existentials? And, and the answer in this particular case is that for generalized existentials, there's there's a lot more broader work that needs to happen. And one very concrete place where this would introduce a difference is that the Swift compiler with opaque result types would still need to enforce that a single unique concrete type is returned from a function. Right. Whereas generalized existentials, the idea there would be that you anything that implements this interface, you'd be able to swap out with anything else that implements the interface. Yeah. Uh, so for our dictionary lazy map collection situation, even with an opaque result type that returns a collection of element, you'd always need to return a lazy map collection mm-hmm. in that in that function. But you'd be able to mark it as internal maybe, mm-hmm. or as private, or as... File private. But yeah, or or maybe as public but not visible, something like that. Sure. Or may, maybe this is just something that the compiler would, would do under the hood, is that uh, anything that's kind of less than public in its visibility, mm-hmm. but returned as part of a public interface, would be public in many ways, except in ways that can be used by the user, like instantiated by the user directly. Right. Yeah. So yeah, to back up a little bit, the what this would actually look like is um, in terms of syntax, we have this new opaque keyword. And let's say you have a protocol P and you have some function where you just want to return that protocol P. Um, so again, currently you can't do this in Swift. You'd have to have, this would have to be a generic function with a generic type T that's constrained by P. Uh, but in this case, with this proposal, with these opaque result types, you would return. So after the arrow for your function return, 
the return type would be opaque, the keyword opaque, and then P, which is the name of the protocol. And then from within that function, you need to return a type that conforms to P, but every return needs to return the same concrete type. Correct. Yeah. I guess it's worth pointing out that Objective-C has this feature already. You can return just an ID uh, angle bracket protocol from any function, and that works. Yeah. Yeah. Where um, you'd be at at the call site there, you'd be able to just assign that to uh, an ID conforming to that protocol again. And you only have what's accessible via that protocol's public interface. Right. And within that function in Objective-C, you could return, let's say you have three different classes, A, B, and C. They all conform to this protocol. You could return any of those instances. The caller doesn't care because it's only speaking to the protocol interface. That's all it knows about. It doesn't need to know that it's a concrete type of A, B, or C just cares about the protocol. Yeah, and this is where dynamic dispatch and message message sending uh, does simplify the design of a lot of these things, right? Where Objective-C right. can do this because you're just sending messages to an object. Right. But Swift's design, and especially when you factor in uh, generics, makes this a lot more challenging to do. But there's no denying that the syntax here um, does have kind of a high high cognitive load or... High complexity. Yeah, it can get very cumbersome when you want to constrain this opaque type by multiple protocols, and especially if those have um, associated types with them. So then you would have something like uh, you're returning like an opaque mutable collection and range replaceable collection where element equals T. So you, you have this kind of generic type in there because of the associated type, but not because of the return type, which gets, which that gets kind of awkward as well, right? Because normally when you see this type T for a generic function, you think, oh, this is for the return type, but here it's just the associated type of this collection where the concrete collection type is unknown to the caller. And again, you're just communicating with this object through those protocol interfaces. And that's all you have access to. Yeah. There's an additional complexity here, which is that where statement. Yeah. Which refines um, or further constrains opaque result types. But because these result types are being defined as part of a function declaration, the where can also refine the function declaration or, or generic parameters within that function declaration. So there's a parsing ambiguity there um, that Doug proposes some ways to rectify. But there's also there's also just a human parsing uh, yeah. ambiguity there as well. Yeah, definitely. You you could maybe alleviate some of this with uh, type aliases if you have like some ridiculous expression here with like multiple protocols that you want to. Like return from this uh, that would somewhat simplify that perhaps, but I think it's still going to be a bit confusing. Do you think that type aliases would need to gain support for the opaque keyword or the opaque keyword would still be, would then be applied to a type aliased 
type. Yeah, my thought was, let's say, in this case, we have mutable collection and range replaceable collection. Uh, make that a new type alias A, and then you just have like opaque A. Right. Yeah, that seems to make sense. Because if you move the opaque keyword to make sense beyond just return statements... Yeah, then you open up. Yeah, because type aliases can be used anywhere right now, not necessarily just as specifying the type, the return type of a function. Yeah. What I'd love to see, and um, maybe because my eyes kind of glaze over when I try and read this whole thread um, and understand everything, Mm -hmm. so it it may have been considered, but wouldn't it be great if we could kind of have the syntax that we want five years from now um, where we would just return a collection of element um, and, and not introduce this opaque keyword, but have a restriction in the compiler that says that um, you do need to always return the same concrete type uh, when implementing this function. Right. And down the line, when we have generalized existentials, we just re- remove that restriction. Right. Uh, yeah. And there have been like similar, uh, cases, uh, of this before, uh, with different Swift features, right? I'm trying to think of some of them. Well, for example, um, conditional conformance, Uh, it didn't really introduce new like syntax types or anything. Right. You could just apply the same things that you did in some places to more places. Right. Right. So yeah, we had... Yeah, so that would be a similar situation. I think, to me, that seems like a better trade-off to be able to write out like collection angle bracket T right, is what you're returning. And then under the hood, it's actually this opaque result type. So we're like this halfway step toward existentials. And then we open that up later once all of this other work is done. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's Let's just do that, Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, Doug, if you could just, yeah, just do that. Let us know when it's done. <laughs> and then things will be good. Beer's on us. Yeah. Yeah, and the last question I have is, so, you know, this makes sense, this proposal makes sense to me now, given the current state of Swift. It doesn't make that much sense to me once we get to a point where the generic system is further fleshed out or maybe we could say it's completed and we have generalized existentials. And at that point, why would you use opaque result types? Yeah. Because it's a more cumbersome syntax. It has this restriction where you must return the same concrete type from this function every time. You know, it's a subset of existentials. Yeah. It seems like that's the case to me too. There's like, once we get to generalize existentials, then it's like, would we just remove opaque result types from the language? Like we don't need that anymore because we have this more powerful thing that can do the same thing with a simpler syntax and then do even more. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I also prefer the, um, the approach of not using the opaque keyword. Yeah. Again, there might be some good reasons why we just can't do that. Right. Yeah, there's... I imagine there's plenty of like technical reasons why that is difficult within the compiler. Yep. Uh, but without knowing like those details, it's hard to say. I also love your optimism of saying, uh, well, you know, at one point, Swiss generic system will be done. Obviously. I mean, 
will have reached. You might not like it, but that is what peak Swift generic system looks like. Uh, I mean, isn't Swift done after version 5? All right, well, to wrap up, there's a lot of exciting work happening in this space. I look forward to seeing where it goes next. Thanks for listening. You can find the show on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped. You can find me on Twitter at SimJP. You can find me at Jesse underscore Squires. Thanks for listening.